You're listening to episode 19 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on money owners, coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What's happening, my fellow money owners? Episode 19. It's amazing. I um, I really can't believe it. And number 20 is going to be another Q&A. So if you have some questions that you want to be answered by yours truly, please send them in. There's a tab on the website, askmorganmoneyowners.com forward slash askmorgan with an E. Or you can find me on Twitter. Um, you can DM me if you don't want to ask your question publicly um, at Morgan with an E Richard or at money underscore owners. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit different than what I normally talk about because we have um, a little bit of a tragedy happen Um in our family, my, um, childhood best friend, her mother passed away last week and I, it, I really took it to heart. Um, I think because, well, for starters, everyone I've known in my life who has passed away for the most part have been people who I considered old <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, and were people who i I thought lived, you know, long, full lives. And, um, my friend's mother, I felt like the end was too soon. And, you know, obviously there's, we can't argue with reality. Um, but it was really hard for me to learn that about somebody who was so close to me and who was sick for a long time. And one of my clients actually put it beautifully where she said that tragedy, tragedies and deaths and things like this that happen really, are actually almost beautiful because they give us the opportunity to evaluate ourselves and our values and where we are in our lives and try to position ourselves and just to be better people. Um, and that's, I guess what I want to talk about today. I really took that to heart as well and did some deep soul searching for lack of a better term. Um, and really just started thinking about the person who I want to be in my life and how I want to show up for my family, for my friends, for my clients, for all of you listening to this show, um, the kind of person that I want to be in my life because, um, I was at the funeral and it was so beautiful. There were so many people there and so many upset people. And, um, my friend spoke and a, fa a close family friend of theirs also spoke. And the warmth in that room was just overwhelming. Uh, so many people loved this woman because she was such a beautiful soul. Um, and I think to myself, you know, I, I guess I hope that in some capacity I show up for other people in this lifetime, the way that she did, um, that I really want to be that kind of person, the kind of person that opens her heart and opens her home to family and to friends alike, not just the people that are really close to her, but other people as well. Um, and that I can be vulnerable and open and compassionate and have empathy for those around me. And I think it's a great topic to talk about today because money sometimes can feel really superficial. Um, I hear this a lot from my clients um, and from people in general. Um, I think like, you know, saying that we love money is a bad term. 
Um, and it shouldn't be, but I don't want to go into that today. Um, but right, we associate money with material things. We associate money sometimes with negative things, or negative people even, where, you know, oh, like those very wealthy people who, you know, they stepped on people along the way to get where they were and they didn't care about those around them. Um, I hear that quite a bit, or like greedy people or, you know, greed, greed in general is a sin. Um, and to some extent it is, but there's the other side of money that makes us generous. The, the side of money that lets us share experiences and things with other people, the side of money that lets us do things for our family that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do. There's that side of money that brings people together over food or drink or an activity. Um, there's a side of money that um, can clothe somebody in need. Um, and I, I really, I hope that, you know, it doesn't take losing somebody close to you for you to come to these realizations of yourself, but like spending isn't all bad and money isn't all bad. And there are good ways to use money and there are bad ways to use money. Right. And those ways are probably all thoughts in our head. <laughs> I know I just had to like slip that in there, <laughs> even on this topic, but, um, yeah, I mean, like they're all thoughts in our head, right? Because like, what's good to me might be bad to somebody else. And what's bad to me might be good to somebody for somebody else. Um, but I think really what it is, is the intention behind it. Um, and I actually, I asked this, this question to my clients after we've been working together for a year, one of the questions I like to ask is when do you feel like you're using money with integrity versus when do you feel like you're not describe a specific situation? So I, I get all sorts of answers. Um, but one that I particularly liked was one of my clients mentioned about a subway experience that she had. Um, and she, <laughs> She said that she was angry that she had to buy a second Metro card because she dropped hers down, um, you know, those grates um, on the outside sidewalk. She dropped her Metro card that was like a full Metro card down there and she got really, really mad um, and was like, damn it. And uh, I have to go buy a new Metro card. And she went down and bought a new Metro card, went home or whatever. Um, and she described that as the like how. How, like her anger was just out of control considering the situation and that she felt really badly about the whole thing. Um, and I don't know why that really struck with me specifically, but the turnaround of that was that she felt like she was using money with integrity when she found out about the, um, MTA's gold card, which is basically like the Metro card that refills itself. And if you lose it, you get to call the MTA and say, you lose it, you lost it. And they'll send you a new card and you don't actually lose any of the money on the card. Um, and I thought that that was sort of an interesting example of integrity versus anger around money, um, that I wanted to share with you guys. Cause I found it amusing. Um, but the, the one, the most common thing that people say that they have integrity around using their money is when they're giving and giving in a, a number of ways. Um, I have clients who are very generous, um, who donate money to many different causes or, um, they consider giving to their children. Right. I mean, I think we could probably do an entire episode on inheritances and psychology around inheritances. So I don't want to go into that too much, but I think there's something to be said about giving during your lifetime, um, to your family. And I've seen it on both sides. I've seen the clients who've received money from family. Um, that's been totally life-changing for them. 
And it's been an incredible experience where they've been able to start a business or go buy the home that they never otherwise would have been able to afford. Or um, grandparents that send um, my client's kids to school, like private school or to college. That's just an amazing experience. Um, Or the other thing being like the client, my clients are able to give back, let's say to their parents that gave so much to them or to be able to give their kids, you know, the lessons uh, in violin or something like that, that they, that they know will enrich their lives. Um, without it being a stressful thing Um, or something so simple as just being generous when you go to a Starbucks where you buy your own coffee and then you buy whoever behind you is about to order. You say you're going to pay for their thing. I've seen that and that really brings joy to people. And the thing that I hope you'll do after listening to this is evaluate what would bring you joy with your money. Um, There's a concept called happy money that I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, but I don't remember which one. So forgive me, but Elizabeth Dunn, um, she's a psychologist and she's written some books on this and the number one way that people really find meaning in their spending is when they're doing it for others. And that can mean a number of things in your life. And I hope that you really take that to heart maybe write a list of people or things that you want to spend money on that would really give your life meaning. Um, and the key thing being that you have a choice in the matter because people hate not having a choice when they're spending. (laughs) It's like when people, every time I hear about an angry moment with money, it's usually because they didn't have any choice in the matter. Like their car broke down or they dropped their Metro card down the grate or, you know, somebody hit, you know, hit their car or something broke in their house or a wall fell down in the rental property, right? All of these things are things that make people angry when they have to spend money versus when you feel like you have a choice, right? Like, Instead of the wall falling down in your rental property, you made the choice, the decision to renovate the kitchen in it instead, right? That feels so much better to do because you picked it rather than, you know, I had to do this thing. Um, And I just, I don't know. I think like I talk about intention a lot on this podcast and I think that you can take it to a weird place for sure. But I think we also, we don't do enough of it in our lives in general. Um, I think that we kind of go through life mindlessly and then occasionally have intention. Uh, and I think it's also really difficult to have intention all the time. It's a, it's difficult to wake up and plan every single moment of your life for sure. And I think it's borderline neurotic, but in some ways it's helpful, right? It's helpful to know what you're doing or how you're doing it and really like adapting to that in your life as a way of bringing joy. Um, I find it to be just really important that we do things like that. And I find it even more important that we do it with people that we love and that we make an effort and that we open our heart to our community and to our friends and to our family and that we be generous with our time and with our presence and with our money in some way or another so that not only do the people around us get to experience who we are as a human, but we get to experience the best version of ourselves when we do it. Uh, I think that's the other thing that um, has been mentioned in a lot of studies about bringing joy from spending money is like the reason why we give is actually as much of a benefit to ourselves as it is to other people because it feels really good inside. Um, And yeah, I mean, like I was thinking about just emotions in general um, over the last week because of everything that happened. And the number one thing being like, I wanted to feel sadness and grief for my friend's mom, right? Because I miss her and I love her and she was a wonderful human being. 
And I think a lot of what we do in our life, right, is we like, we search for these ways to feel better about things. We search for ways to be happy. We search for ways to just not feel negative emotion. But sometimes there are circumstances that come up that we don't, we don't want to feel that way, right? (laughs) I think it'd be really, really bizarre if I had this like giant smile on my face when I went to a funeral and I felt happy inside for no reason, right? Like that doesn't mean anything. Um, but being in a place where you can actually experience your sadness, um, it was really meaningful to me. Uh, I really got to feel what it felt like to have like true raw emotions inside my body and let them pass through. Um, and I think it's really important for how we live our day-to-day lives. I think a lot of what we do in our lives is to feel better. Um, and money is definitely a part of that. I see that a lot with clients, um, spending in a way to make us feel better, doing things outside of ourselves to feel better, having career goals so that we feel better rather than just having them so that we can accomplish something. Um, all of these things, right. They take us outside of ourselves. Um, and my sister, if she's listening to this, she's going to think I'm getting like super philosophical and in a, in a <laughs> weird place. Cause she told me I tend to do that, but, um, it's kind of goes back to a concept that I heard that you were not your life. Um, there's life and there's everything around us and then there's us, right. And everything that's going on in the world, it's all circumstances, right? But the way that we perceive it, the way that we think about it, that's what gives us meaning in and of itself and causes feelings for us. So when I say that, what I mean is basically that we don't have to do anything in the world to feel a certain way. Uh, and I know I've brought this up before, but, but we don't have to spend like crazy amounts. We don't have to have the latest fashion. We don't have to have a new gadget or, you know, the newest phone or, you know, our kids don't have to be in the fanciest schools and they don't have to be dressed the best all the time, right? Like there are so many things that we do that we think are the reasons why we feel better. And they're not. It's just the way that we're perceiving them, right? Because we think in our head that if we do X, Y, and Z, that X, Y, and Z will make us feel a certain way. And in turn, it does because we wanted to feel that way. But we can conjure up those emotions without doing those things. Um, and, And I think that it's okay to do that. I think that it makes sense to do that. And I think that we don't need to live our lives always searching for the next best thing we can instead just be content with what we have now. Um, and my husband and I were kind of joking around about this because, um, so my husband has a a friend who's a plastic surgeon and, uh, we were having a conversation about it where, where I was going to meet him. And I was like, Oh, I hope he doesn't like, you know, judge the way I look. And he was like, "Eh, no, he'll never do that. He's such a cool guy. And, um, the conversation devolved into, (laughs) into like somehow I was like, well, you know, I want like women to feel good about their bodies, regardless of what they are spending, you know, regardless of like what they actually look like or whatever. And he was like, well, you know, my friend wouldn't have a business if he, you know, made people feel confident with, with what they are for sure. And it's true. And then he like kind of turned it on me and he was like, it's kind of like your business. You know, if you make clients feel satisfied with, with their current financial situation, then you don't really have a job either. Right. You can't just like go into a meeting and tell the client that everything that they're doing is like totally fine and normal. Um, and that got me thinking that I actually could do that. (laughs) Um, because, 
actually sometimes that does happen where I have a client come into my office and I mean, like maybe they need a couple of tweaks or this or that, which I guess like maybe there's, I'm sure there's an equivalent in plastic surgery, but, um, I think a lot of what I do want to sell to people, um, the advice I do want people to take to heart is that everything that you're doing right now, is already okay. And that might mean that it's not <laughs> right from a, like an objective financial standpoint that might legitimately mean that it's not. But like, I think sometimes accepting where we currently are, accepting truly where we currently are and our limitations is the only way that we can get better. It's the only way that we can truly address what's going on in our lives and truly make a difference in what we're doing, because if you don't accept the behavior that you are doing right now, how can you possibly change it? I mean, I, I don't know why do you, like, if you know a way, please shout out and let me know on Twitter. But, um, I have yet to see it. I mean, usually what happens is that a client comes to me and they have something very pressing. Um, maybe they want to buy a home or maybe for some reason, all of a sudden retirement planning is really important to them, even though it hasn't been in the past, or maybe, you know, they got behind on their taxes and they need to crawl out of the hole. There's always a reason why like working with a financial planner gets triggered, but it's not, the only thing that we can work on for sure. Um, it's, it's usually always the most important thing that I try to address when I talk to people, but, um, there are other aspects to the plan, right. And accepting, right. That there is a need to change, right. For instance, you're behind on your taxes, right. Uh, obviously something has to change, right. It means that maybe you're overspending too much. You're not paying enough into your taxes. Like there are things that have to change there, but the whole reason why they're meeting with me, right, is because they're in agreement that there's a reason why things aren't working the way that they are. They're accepting that the way that they're doing it right now isn't working and that they, the way that they are trying to fix it isn't actually fixing the problem and they want to press forward and do something different. And I think that it's really important to evaluate that in our own lives of like, hey, where am I right now? What am I doing right now? Who am I in my financial life? And who am I in the rest of my life? Because I mean, life's too short to be constantly worrying about money, right? Life's too short to put yourself in a situation where you don't get to enjoy your life because you're so busy worrying about every little penny that goes in and out. And maybe you put yourself in a situation where you now have to do that because you didn't worry about that to begin with. But I mean, this kind of goes back to what I've talked about millions, millions of times on this podcast of discipline equals financial freedom, because the more discipline you have up front, this like, it basically becomes a habit. And then you like are having a free, easy ride for the rest of your life because it's so ingrained in your behavior that you don't even need to think about it anymore. It's kind of like when you learn a second language, right? There's that period of time when you're learning that language where you actually have to like think about the word that you want to say, or when somebody says it back to you, you have to translate it back to your native language. I know I'm still actually in that phase while learning French, even though I've been trying to learn French for the last six years. <laughs> Um, but then there's that point, right, where it changes, where certain words at first are, they're so deeply ingrained in your memory that you don't need to translate them. So like, for instance, amigo, right? I, I mean, it's like really popular word in Spanish that means friend. You don't think about that, right? When somebody says amigo to you, you don't like think to yourself, amigo, friend. <laughs> so, and then there's a point at which like full sentences are like that, right? Where it's just totally ingrained in you and you don't have to translate it back. 
money can be like that too if you're willing to put up some time and effort up front. Um, and to bring this back to what I started talking about to begin with, um, I wrote a piece in uh, last week for my financial planning firm about spending on the people that you love. And it, I really want you to think about how you can spend on the people that you love. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's some energy. Maybe it's some actual money. Um, maybe it's just being with somebody who's really important to you, even if you don't say anything to each other. Maybe it's ordering an extra pizza for your children and their friends so that everybody can come over and enjoy and laugh and love and live together, right? Like there are ways for you to spend on the people that you love in a way that feels really good to you and makes you feel proud of who you are. And and makes you feel like you're being really intentional with both your money and your family. And I want you to be able to do that in your life. I want you to always be able to do that in your life. And in order to do that in your life, sometimes we got to give in some other areas, right? We can't just like willy nilly do whatever you want all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to leave you with that thought because I was thinking about it quite a bit. And I especially took a lot of time with my son this past week, um, being really intentional with him and just really trying to be there in the moment, which sometimes honestly can be really hard with a 16 month old. Um, because like, you know, he's babbling constantly, but I don't know what he's saying. Right. (laughs) Um, some of the words I can understand, right. Like he says like banana and shoes and ocean, but like other words, I literally have no idea. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself Um, but I, I know that he knows that I'm there and that's really important to me. And it seems really important to him too. And all the other stuff doesn't really matter all that much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's important for you to save money. Yeah. It's important for you to plan for retirement. Yes. It's important for you to plan for all those large expenses that you're probably going to have throughout your life, like buying a home, spending money on a wedding, buying your kids, their college degrees or whatever it is that you want to buy your kids, right? All these things are important and worth planning around and other things aren't other things should just be spontaneous and come from the heart. And you know, they should just happen the way that they're meant to happen without any planning at all, but with some intention behind it, right? Like with the intention of you opening your heart and being there for your family and friends. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Money Owners. Um, again, next week or in two weeks, excuse me, will be our q and I have a couple of questions in the queue. Um, I will try to get through as many as I can. I know I tend to be long-winded, but um, we should be able to get through at least four. So send those in. And um If you haven't already, please write a review for me on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. And um, also leave me a note. Tell me what you think about this. um, I've really been enjoying doing my podcast, and I hope you have been too. All right. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.